This podcast is brought to you by Online Retailer, Australia's leading retail tech conference, expo and networking organisation. Recorded at the Online Retailer Conference in 2017, here we chat with world-class digital leaders to bring you industry insights, practical examples and actionable ideas from our incredible community of retail renegades, marketing masters and creative entrepreneurs who all want to do retail business big. We want to extend the conversation after the event and to keep exploring where the future meets retail. So let's talk shop. Welcome to this episode of the Online Retailer Podcast. I'm Kylie Lewis, and I'm in the company of Robin Lee, Vice President of GGV Capital. Welcome, Robin. Thank you. Great to have you here today. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Now, you've just come off stage from giving your keynote presentation where the topic was what venture capitalists look for and what do you need investment for. So but before we jump into what you t- what you just spoke about, I'd love you to tell us a little bit more about what GGV Capital does and your role there and, and how you came to be there. Yeah, sure. Um, so a little bit of background about GGV. We are a venture capital firm. Uh, we have been around since 2000 and so 17 years we've invested across both US and China um, and we have you know global we have made global investments as well and so some in Europe um, and we we have um, managed about four billion dollars and our current fund is a 1.2 billion dollar fund and so we invest anything from seed to late stage companies and so very early stage from you know not necessarily as early as just an idea, but definitely something with a prototype about to launch. Um, and we uh, go through like growth capital as well. And so we are stage agnostic as a venture capital firm, but we are very sector focused. And so three of uh, we have three core areas that we invest in. One is consumer internet. So that includes e-commerce. So in e-commerce, anything from uh, marketplaces like Wish, House, um, offer up Poshmark um, to e-commerce uh, direct-to-consumer brands, so next-gen brands with a very unique supply chain. So Lively, for example, would be one of them, Peloton out of New York, um, and lastly, uh, e-commerce infrastructure like Big Commerce is one of our portfolio companies. And so um, we also invest in social and travel within consumer internet. Um, our second sector focused is enterprise SaaS. So the you know what we're currently looking at right now are kind of how do you enable communications within a global workforce or talent acquisition um, and and uh, cybersecurity tools. And then lastly, we have a third sector which is frontier tech, uh, Internet of Things. So investing in robotics, uh, artificial intelligence, um, next generation uh, vehicles, etc. Mm-hmm. And so what's your role there? Yes, yeah, so I'm on the investment team. So I work on uh, GGB's investment focus, our thesis. Um, we, I also spend a lot of time sourcing companies, talking to companies, and then working on, on the due diligence and whether or not we want to invest. And then um, lastly, kind of taking care of our portfolio as well. And so uh, I manage about 40, 24 of our portfolio companies, and uh, we've uh, invested in over 200 in the lifetime of our fund. 
Mm. And what were you doing before you were there? Yeah, before uh, before GGV, I was on um, the venture arm. The, the sorry, I was in the investment team at Flextronics, which is the second largest contract manufacturer in the world. So if you know Foxconn, which you may have heard of, that produces a lot of the Apple phones, um, Flex is actually um, the second largest, and probably anything that's made in USA, about ninety something percent come from them. And so I spent a bit of my time there, and so that's how I got to cover a lot of the IoT and frontier tech. Before that, um, I was in uh, a br- briefly at a fund in Beijing, and at that time it was it was a very unique uh, time because WeChat was just came out and was still a messaging app only. Only, um, and uh, I was in business school. I mean, before that, I was actually a teacher, uh, educator, and administrator. Wow, so that's a bit of a jump to go from teaching to investing. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I actually cover consumer retail for us and consumer internet. And so prior to that, like in, in my college days, I actually spent quite a bit of time um, covering retail. I worked at Moody's. And so for two years, I, I looked at retail, CPG, um, and uh, food and beverage. Mm. Um, so the topic of your talk was uh, what are venture capitalists really looking for? So what are they looking for? So um, I could speak to GGV um, for sure. And uh, for us, we look at um, opportunities that can be global, right? And so um, with the you know pr- proliferation of smartphones and um, connected internet for everybody, I think um, that is that is an area that we we focus on and how do you enable like global transactions um global commerce um that and and entrepreneurs who we want to back are those who think big those who uh want to want to have billion dollar businesses and so um that's that's key for us Mm. So that's part the offering and the ability for it to scale globally and part the kind of person that's behind the Yeah, scenes. so we definitely have to have um, ideas that are, are very large, right, who address a very large market. One of the core theses that GGV has is about mass market, right? And we don't want to cater to um, businesses that want to go after the one person. Those, those can be great businesses, of course, um, but we want to go after the 99% of the world and those who are really kind of the everyday consumer. And so higher frequency of purchase, right? Um, accessibility. And um, so that that's what we look for. So what would be an exam- a few examples of the kinds of businesses that you've invested in? Yeah, so um, Wish, for example, is a very global business. And so they are two founders coming out of San Francisco. Um, one is from Europe, one is from China, actually. And um, they've built this marketplace where um, really targeting the mass market. And so they would have millions of SKUs um, coming from China and so working directly with the warehouses and that is kind of their supply chain and be able to um, a hanger that you might get or a watch that you might buy um, in a retail store can be maybe $20 to $50 but on Wish you can actually find it for $2 um, and because they came straight from the source and so they have this global marketplace where they have um, 
millions of SKUs, so a mall like right inside the palm of your hand, which you know even Walmart does not have that many SKUs, right, for you to for, for you to buy from. And so they were able to do that on a mobile-first platform. Um, they're in over 80 countries around the world and doing billions of dollars in sales a year. Mm. That's mind-blowing to see how connected the world can be, and yeah. you know the access that we now have to anything. Yeah, um, it's quite amazing, and and being able to solve those logistical um, kind of problems, right? And and so for every single country, but, um, I think global trade is making that a lot easier. Mm. And and any other examples? Yeah, so uh, another company that uh, we invested in recently uh, is is a bingo box, which is a, a so it's bingo. Bingo. Bingo box. Yeah, bingo, bingo box. box. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is a next generation retail retailer. And so really merging the online and offline technologies to create like a next generation store. So um, what they have is a 24 hour convenience store um, that is unmanned, um, completely automated. And so um, it, it's actually quite mobile itself. It's very small. And so it, it can just go on its wheels and move around the city. Um, and you can buy anything that you need from like you know fresh groceries to snacks um, anything that you would find in a convenience store and um, what you do is you you use WeChat which is a social app in China that really kind of every single person uses and you go up to uh, the bingo box and you would scan the QR code it will know who you are and you can go in you can pick out the different items that you want you go to the register and there's nobody there but the the system actually can recognize uh, what items that you're buying and so uh, then you end up just um, scanning the QR code again to pay for the items and you just walk out and so reinventing kind of what uh, light asset models are um, and, and next generation retail is something that you know we continue to look at and, and invest in and that is something that is pioneered um, in China but um, actually looking to Japan for innovation and so um, in the US we have you know Amazon has announced the Amazon Go type of model, but you know this actually has been around for for quite some time in China. Yeah, so you're based in the U.S., but you spend a lot of time looking at China and in China to see what's coming out of there. So the way like GGV is structured is we are a global team, and so we all work together to make investment decisions. So while I'm based in the U.S. and I cover primarily our U.S. investments, uh, we work with our China team very closely, and so. We have weekly calls to discuss kind of the trends and the companies that we're looking at and kind of take lessons learned from each other to be able to continue to refine our investment thesis and look for new opportunities. Mm. You, you talked specifically about the potential of uh, the China market. Can you just recap why China is so interesting? Yeah, um, just, uh, just to kind of give some context about China. China has 1.2 billion people in the country, which is four times the amount of people in the United States alone, right? Um, it is the only country in the world that has over 100 cities that you know have more than a million people each which is kind of mind-boggling when you think about it. And even just visiting China, you actually see that it is not slowing down at all. Like, if anything, it is growing even faster and things are moving at a faster pace. And so um, 
we do see a lot of opportunity. We think that because China started off as a mobile first company, uh, uh, sorry, mobile first country compared to U.S., which, you know, went from desktop to then mobile, we see a lot of innovation around um, what social platforms might look like, what e-commerce or travel platforms could look like in China, um, and take those lessons because we think it's about five years ahead of the U.S. Um, and be able to kind of um, work you know, both ways and adapt um, kind of the models and things that we're thinking about there. Um, and so we definitely think China has a lot of opportunity. Mm. And in particular sectors? So I think you were talking about um, battery farming um, oh, Bowery Farming. Yeah. Um, that Bowery Farming is a company we actually invested in out of the U.S. Oh, right. uh, it is a vertical farm. Mm. And uh, we do think that it has global opportunity, particularly um, for food systems in China. Mm. Mm. And um, the, the mobile first and just the yeah, applications. Yeah, so a lot of um, cross-border commerce and also frontier tech, you know, next generation um, motors and batteries and vehicles um, coming out of China. Yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, that's just a bit mind-blowing that you've said that you see China as being five years ahead of the US. That's, I've, uh, in certain categories. Yeah, yeah. yeah in cer- <laughs> yes, in certain categories. Um, one of the things that you mentioned was um, when you were talking about Wish and you, you pointed out the founders were came from different parts of the world that have come together. Um, yeah. So diversity was something that you mentioned yeah. as being really valuable in terms of the kinds of companies that you're looking at because they've got a more global perspective. Yeah, that's for sure because a lot of the companies that we invest in, we want... Um, I think it's really hard nowadays if you don't become a global company, right? Unless you really stay confined. Maybe China is one of the only ones who have just such a massive market that you can, you know, just stay there for a while <laughs> before venturing out. But in even China, we have a lot of portfolio kind of expanding to Europe, for example, or expanding to the U.S. And so having a team that is geographically diverse and have experienced what it's like across the world um, and even in the U.S., you know, founders that come from not necessarily just New York, right, not just San Francisco Bay Area, but really kind of understanding what the rest of the country is like and have that perspective is really, really important for us. Mm. Um, And we definitely look for teams that have that type of background. Mm. Do you have any charter around diversity or equality or anything like that in, in who you invest in or what you invest in? Um, I don't have any off the top of my head, but I, we've definitely looked at it before. Yeah. Um, so what kinds of things are you looking to, to, to invest in going forward? What do you see on the horizon as being the most um, potential? Yeah, we, um, we definitely look at next generation retail models, um, online and offline conversions. We looked at even um, companies that are doing personalization of products. So we invested in Function of Beauty recently in in New York, and they can completely customize your hair care for you to your specific hair type, um, to the scent that you want, to your hair goals, with 12 billion different combinations possible. Hair goals. There's (laughs) a new hashtag. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) From like more volume to right uh, more deep conditioning, etc. And so. we look at uh, kind of innovative models in that sense for new brands. 
Um, we continue to look at other um, SaaS platforms that enable kind of a global workforce, um, talent acquisition, um, and, and management. And then um, in the frontier tech space, we, we look a lot more into AI and artificial intelligence. Mm. And so have you found anything that's really interesting while you've been here in Australia? You've had a look around on the expo floor yesterday? Yeah, I um, definitely have, um, you know, there's a lot of surprises <laughs> in Australia. And, um, and I'm actually meeting a number of companies here, um, both in Sydney and in Melbourne. Um, and, you know, from uh, from, you know, next generation brands to different type of marketplaces um, that, you know, may not be global right now, but have those ambitions. Mm. Um, so for people that are interested in accessing capital, you have a couple of questions that you ask of people who are coming out to seek mm-hmm. capital from you. What are those questions? Yeah, so one, um, really asking, you know, we, we asked the founder, like, why do you want venture capital, right? And, and really understanding why venture and why now? And so those two questions are, are you know, the, the most important. I think people um, can, can get uh, kind of um, sucked into the whole, you know, tech space and venture capital. It's very exciting. Um, but is venture money really right for you, right? And there's a lot of different types of financing options, but understanding what raising venture means um, and at this uh, cycle of your business. And so, for example, um, when you actually get venture funding, you know, the funds actually, the investors look for exponential growth, right? We look for outsized type of returns. And so having that capital injection into your company, um, what, what are you using it for, right? And can you sustain um, the type of growth that we're looking for as well? And so it it's definitely uh, takes a lot on the organization of the company, the company culture, right? As well as kind of the markets um, and goods that you are looking for as well. And so um, making sure that um, whatever you're tackling, you understand not only the market dynamics, but how big the total addressable market can be um, is something that, you know, we, we definitely look for. Mm. And why now was the other part of that. So what is it that, what's the imperative to do this at yeah. this point in time? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and why is t- the time right now right for your business or right for you mm. um, to do that? Because what are the pros and cons of, of using venture capital? I think, um, you know, as I said a little bit earlier, um, having venture money is really to kind of fuel the growth of a company and so having a partner who is on your cap table right and who's um who makes decisions alongside with you as your board um is really important to understand that you know venture is a partner and um and we we have an investment cycle right and so we look for exits that can happen within a certain time frame and so businesses that are looking for venture should also realize hey i need to do this in the next three to five years and the next five to ten years and what does that look like um and you know um raising raising venture money is to really expedite all of that mm. and so if people are interested in pitching mm-hmm. um for for venture capital and uh, go out to market what are some of the tips that you would give them 
Um, I would definitely, one, get be able to answer those questions, but two, also make sure you know um, what the financials of your company look like, right? And, and kind of the organizational hires that you want to have. Understanding um, your financial plan with and without venture money is really important. So, you know, looking at your business today without getting this capital injection, what would that growth trajectory look like? But then second, if you do raise money, um, and depending on how much money, what, what would that financial model of your company look like as well? And so understanding um, how that changes the different levers of your company is really, really important. Um, and then lastly, understanding, um, you know, is there a product market fit for for your business, right? Um, is it something that people truly want? It may be a huge market, um, but you know, for us, we look for something that touches the mass market, not just like the luxury 1%, right? Who would buy it? And so um, kind of understanding uh, what you want to do and, and who you're targeting is really important. Mm. And then making sure that you're pitching to the right kind of venture Yeah, there's partners. a lot of different types of investors and some are, are earlier stage only, some are stage agnostic like us, um, and some are you know only for Australia, some are only for US, right? And that's okay too. And for us, we look for global companies and so um, that's also different as well. So just trying to get the right fit. Yeah, and, and understand who you're gonna be a partner with is really important and, you know as much as we need to spend time with the entrepreneurs before we invest right we want to see you know do they have traction and, and don't go to an investor only when you suddenly need money you need to build that relationship over time and so that they get to know who you are because you two become um, long-term partners together and so um, the investor side we want to get to know you and know you over time but at the same time as an entrepreneur you need uh, you know you're going to spend a lot of time with your, with your VC over the next five to ten years and so um, getting to know who would be that and who would be on your board is really important. What about the personal qualities of the kinds of people that you look to work with? Yeah um, we look for a lot of entrepreneurs who won um, have that global mindset, right? Who have a lot of different backgrounds, but but second is, do they have the grit and the stamina to keep going, right? This is not something that, you know, you may only want to do for the next few years. It is to build a billion dollar business. It, you know, it, it takes, you know, it's 10 years, right? It could take five years. Um, and so being able to do that for the long haul um, is really important. So, um, and especially if you're a first time or, or a second time entrepreneur, that's different too, right? And so we, we, um, we definitely look for that as well. And then lastly, um, the ability to kind of adapt and to change is really important and knowing when to do that and do that fast, right? Um, is something that we look for. Yeah, you gave a great example of an app that went through 600 usability tests because it needed to evolve. Yeah, it, I mean, it was a huge decision, right? They, they, they've had this app for years, um, since 2012, um, and there's a lot of like emotion tied to it, right? And a lot of product managers, a lot of people who um, really believed in the product, but it was getting kind of outdated, right? And they needed a new facelift. And um, the CEO made that decision around the board and with the 
other executives to, hey, we're going to spend nine months to um, to change this. And um, they went through 600 tests, usability tests to do that. And and they recently relaunched it about a couple months ago. And the results have been phenomenal, just much higher engagement, much higher retention and conversion. And so it was definitely worth it. But it takes a lot. Um, to go against what you've already built and redo it from scratch almost um, and restructure the team to do that together with you. So there's a fair bit of humility required as well as a fierce commitment to yeah. still believing and backing what you're doing, right? Yes, you you have to be able to um, have that clear vision in mind and kind of do whatever it takes to get there. And even if that means ripping out whatever you had before and uh, reformulating. Mm. So a willingness to change, a, a willingness to learn, really important qualities yeah definitely yeah so what are you excited about what's on the horizon of what you're what you're looking to work on in the next little while yeah um we're excited to continue to to back amazing entrepreneurs who have like a very big vision um and um you know still within the sectors that we cover at ggv whether it's uh, next generation commerce the next um social kind of network or market network um but like that has the opportunity to become a global. So what, what do you see as next generation social? So we, um, I'll give you an example of uh, something we recently invested in, though we haven't announced the name. Um, it is a, a, a social community that gathers people online um, and be able to share their stories, right? And they may be going through, um, you know, a a rare illness or a disease or some not just them or maybe somebody in their family might be able to come together um, and, and share that with each other and that is not something that you know only happens in the US and it's not something that only happens in China it's something that is very global and so um, being able to activate you know people who care about aging and people who care about um, other you know maybe it's a genetic disease and so um, being able to communicate with each other and, and share that experience um, and support one another is, is something that you know we recently um, found very very attractive mm. so do you have human values like that in terms of the sectors that you're looking at you know and what can contribute to humanity in a powerful way I guess because to me that sounds like it's not just worried about getting into the pockets of millennials it's actually worrying about contributing to the well-being of people across the world who are going through a hard time. Yeah I think um you know, we don't have like specific mandates, of course, um, but anything that, you know, from a social perspective that a- allows for a lot of engagement, a lot of community um, is is very important. Mm, fantastic. So for people who are wanting to find out a bit more about you, Robin, where could they find out how yeah. to connect with you? Or- <laughs> sure. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. And so yeah. I actually share my email there as well. And so you're welcome to email me or connect with me at any time, Robin Lee uh, at GGV Capital on LinkedIn, or you can um, also go to the GGV website. And um, I would encourage you to, to reach out to me um, directly, um, so making sure that you know your business plan gets through and that we at least take a look at it um, rather than just like submit it on our website. Yeah. Do you have guidelines of what you need for people to submit a plan to you on your website, or 
do you kind of look for people who kind of know what to do to, to uh, <laughs> package it up front? Um, it's just sending an, an email and a note about kind of why you're what you're doing and why you're excited and yeah. why you believe it's going to be such a big opportunity is, yeah. is is enough to at least get our attention right the doors open yeah yeah okay well great thank you so much for your time and i hope you enjoy the rest of your stay in australia thank you and we'll wrap it there okay thank you so much thanks for listening if you've loved what you've heard make sure you're subscribed at onlineretailer.com.au to be the first to know about australia's best e-commerce events Thank you.